I'm just trying to tackle this new challenge right now of being a head chef and being a female leader and what that means is just being as present as I can for my staff and just trying to champion all of Jackie's amazing work that she's done and just keep the ball going forward for her and just growing Nomad as the company grows. Today on Dirty Linen, we are heading to Sydney to chat to Abby Kitchen. Abby is head chef at one of my favourite Sydney restaurants, Nomad, which has also recently opened in my hometown of Melbourne, which is Good for me. Um, I, I suppose this is part of a bit of a sub-series. I love checking in with uh, female chefs and just talking about being a, a woman in the industry. Um, but I know there's so much to talk to Abby about. Uh, welcome to Daddy Linen. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I am really thrilled to chat to you. I'll I'll explain how we met. I'm I'm working on a really fun story which is coming out in Good Food about what's in the chef's fridges. So before I even knew you, Abby, I had to I I was allowed a peek into your fridge. So I reckon that's a pretty good meeting meeting up story. I mean, that was a that's pretty pretty intimate uh, first meeting. I would say we um, <laughs> it was probably the nicest my fridge has ever looked for for guests to come over and have a look um and probably the fullest it's been in the last two years for sure yeah well I have to say um I really did appreciate your some of your fridge philosophies and your tips about I guess how to you know get a few meals out of one pot and um yeah all that all that good stuff um yeah, and also it was very inspiring. All the chefs have to say have had very neat and tidy and clean fridges. That's been quite <laughs> inspiring for me. <laughs> I mean, I, that's, yeah, as I said, it's probably the nicest it's been. No pressure when a, a professional photographer is going to zoom in and see all your uh, all the nooks and crannies. I think I've scrubbed every inch of that fridge. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, I'll have to pretend. I suppose it's I've got to have that open for inspection vibe for probably my whole house, but I'll start with the fridge. And, um, yeah, perhaps my fridge can look as nice as yours. I don't think my mother would have ever forgiven me if there was a if a dirty fridge graced the uh, good food pages. <laughs> um, so, yeah, people can look out for that story coming up soon in good food. But, Abby, I suppose, you know, I, I loved the chat that we had um, for that story and just felt there was so much more to talk about. So super happy. Happy to have the opportunity to, um, yeah, learn more about you and, and your approach to hospitality um, on this podcast. Give us a little bit of the backstory. You, you don't sound like you're from these parts. No, I am. Uh, I have been in Sydney for seven years. My, I come from an Australian American family. My mom's Australian, and my dad is from the South in America. And they met in Sydney in the eighties and my dad whisked my mom back to America. So um, I grew up on the East Coast in Virginia and went to culinary school in New York at the CIA, studied there for three years, got my bachelor's degree, and then was full of confidence, thought that I could take the show on the road and show up in Sydney as a 21-year-old, um, ready to cook and start my career. So seven years later, I'm finally, finally here. So, I mean, I love the, I guess, the courage of just turning up and thinking that it was all going to be smooth sailing. What actually was it like to, to land in Sydney? Oh, my gosh. I I think, you know, I traveled through Europe before I came to Sydney. So I showed up with a backpack full of smelly winter clothes on and I got to Sydney Airport on, I think, December 15th. So it was so hot and I was like fully winterized after being in Europe for so long. And I remember the plane landing and just 
bursting into tears. I was like, who do I think I am showing up in Sydney? I think I had about $100 in my pocket. Um, So I immediately had to find work. I got a job at Cafe Sydney, um, working in like the most iconic venue, I think, in all of Sydney. And I started my my first day was actually on New Year's Eve. So I got to start New Year's Eve in Sydney Harbour. Um, it was a very monumental occasion to start my career in Sydney. Um, and then I worked there for a year. And then, but working in a kitchen in Australia where, you know, everything's metric, I completely had to relearn how to measure things. Or someone said, oh, just chuck in 100 mils into, an, into that sauce. And I was like, I don't know what a hundred mils looks like. So I had to go out and measure, I walked around with a ruler and like a little tiny, like measuring jug for the first year I was here. And even now I still kind of refer to things in centimeters and feet and people are like, what are you talking about? And I was like, Oh yep, that's right. That's right. I'm on the other side of the world again. <laughs> that's so funny. And how incredible to land at Cafe Sydney. I mean, yeah, for people who don't know it, it's right in, right at Circular Quay, just like overlooking the harbour. There's ferries, there's the Harbour Bridge. I mean, did you just sort of think, well, this is this is what Sydney looks like on the postcards. This must be, <laughs> this I know, must be where I, know, I need to be. Exactly. It was just like so American of me. I was like, this is Australia. This is Sydney. And I was like... And now ever since then, I haven't worked in the city since then. So um, it's it's quite funny. It was very Australiana, really, really amazing to start my career there. And I really, really loved my time. It's so it was um, a great introduction into the Sydney hospitality scene. And I mean, what about ingredients and dishes and the way that menus are put together? I mean, were there the same kinds of, um, you know, the same kind of learning curve that you had with the measurements? Um, definitely. It's, uh, the, even like what you call ingredients here are different than America or, you know, kind of, um, the basics sometimes take a different, end up with the same result, but the processes that people take are a bit different. So I think I just really, um, loved and connected with the Sydney food scene so much because of how kind of casual it is in a way, you know, there's it's very relaxed dining, even though it, there is fine dining. The I loved how relaxed and unstructured and free form the the menus could be, um, and how much influence from different cultures and different cuisines were on every single menu. And it it was just so exciting to try so many different ingredients and different techniques that I had never never worked with before. I mean, what was some dishes or, I don't know, the way the menu flowed or, or anything that really struck you as, okay, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not in the same place that I grew up? Um, I think the a big Asian influence um, in a lot of menus and ingredients is something that I really never had to, the opportunity to work with in America. Um, you know, I really never interacted with, you know, using soy sauces and making and finishing sauces. And um, even when I first was at Cafe Sydney, having a tandoor oven on top of Customs House was was really exciting because um, I had never really interacted with Indian cuisine at all. And those flavors and, you know, using understanding how chickpea flour worked in in making dosas and stuff like that for service on a very kind of classic menu, um, that was a really, really exciting time to learn how to use those ingredients. 
Wow. Yeah, that's so interesting. I suppose, you know, in Australia, we definitely pride ourselves on influences from all kinds of different cultures and cuisines. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it is so different to, to the US. I mean, does, does that give you an appreciation for what it's like for people coming from, I guess, non-English speaking backgrounds into Australian kitchens? Oh, a hundred, a hundred percent. It's, you know, my learning curve was very small compared to what other people face when they are arriving in Sydney um, and trying to break into the hospitality scene. There's, you know, it's kitchens are already fast, loud places. um, And, you know, having to deal with then trying to understand whatever, how everyone is communicating is, is a challenge I am always in awe of everyone tackling so gracefully when transitioning into the Sydney food scene. And what about the different training? I mean, you is it the Culinary Institute of America? Is that what CIA stands for? Yeah, yeah. So that that was really that was really formal, um, more classically French style training is kind of what I what I went through at school. Um, and very cumulative of, you know, and like really structured of like meat, fish, stock, sausage, kind of like very centered around the core of basics and then building on that. So I think it's been really interesting seeing what all these other culinary schools from around the world are teaching students. And a lot of things are similar, but then there are other, you know, different standards of schools that when everyone comes into the kitchen, what is expected as base knowledge isn't always the case. Um, depending on where they've studied or where they've come um, from um, in their background. Yeah, I mean, it's such a big topic in Australian hospitality is, you know, the quality of training, whether people are being taught the right things in the right way. I mean, are there, do you feel like you had a, a really good basis to continue learning or do you feel like there are things that, that you missed out on? I mean, how, what's your sort of overview of the situation? I think in terms of food knowledge I think I was I was really prepared but in terms of kitchen culture um that was definitely a big awakening because you know after coming out of culinary school I was very very ready to get going and I was like yep I know everything now I've got all I've got this degree in my bag I'm ready to go but then as soon as I come into you know a kitchen where there's dinner service and it's fast and it's busy you're a, a newborn baby in the kitchen, essentially, when you start out as a commie chef, you're in a, an apprentices and you're really, really green in terms of the flow of service and the pace at which you need to work and your workflow through the week and how that really makes a difference. Um, so that was a huge learning curve that you face, I think, when you're entering in the industry on top of being an international person in, in Sydney and learning how like a Australian kitchen works, it's very funny to um, kind of tackle all these challenges all at once. And it it does get quite overwhelming and frustrating. And, you know, when you think, oh, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a cook, I'm a good cook, I know what I'm doing. But then it kind of feels, you know, when you're getting lots of feedback from everyone on what you need to work on and improve on, it does get quite overwhelming and noisy sometimes and you kind of lose focus um, a bit along the way and get a bit discouraged. But I think there's always what I really love about the kitchen is that you always can find the little the little joys and things that I think think is very rewarding and keeps everyone focused and along the along the same track. 
Wow. I mean, it just sounds like such a swirl of emotion it is a and crazy, activity. It's been a crazy few years. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, tell us about your progress. I mean, you said you're at Cafe Sydney for about a year. I mean, tell us about where you moved to next, but also about some of those little moments of joy that I guess kept you going. Yeah. I was, so I was at Cafe Sydney for a year and kind of really not loving my time in Sydney as much as I thought I I. As, th- as much as I thought as I would, I put it on this pedestal. It's like, I'm making this whole change. I'm going to tackle the city. It's going to be amazing. Had some really amazing time with my family and le- meeting and getting to know a lot of my family in Australia, but just didn't think that Sydney was for me. And so I almost left after my first year. I went home for a few weeks. I was like, oh, I don't think I need to go back. Um, and, you know, I was like, no, I've got to give it another another try. So I went back. Um I emailed Ben Greeno um, when I was at the airport waiting to board my flight back to Australia, and he was running the Paddington. The Paddington had just opened. So he was like, yep, come on in for a job trial. So I got a job at the Paddington in in Paddington on Oxford Street, and um, that's where I started the next chapter of my career. So I went in and worked for him. We were doing really awesome rotisserie stuff, learning lots of really amazing amazing new skills from him. Um, and I worked there for a year and then I eventually started nagging him. When can I go to Fred's? Let me go to Fred's. Please. Can can I go to Fred's? Can I go to Fred's now? Um, and eventually after a year, he let, he let me, uh, a slide over next door and I worked at Fred's for two years, um, which was kind of like a pinnacle of my career. I had been in Sydney when Fred's first opened and it was, I had just heard such amazing things about Danielle and about the food that she was doing and farm to table, which was a big focus of my um, culinary training was farm to table. So that was something that I really, really wanted to 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 do in my career and work with someone who had the same kind of ethos as as I had learned in school. And the fact that she was a female chef and also American was just another big draw to work for her. Um, and so I was at Fred's for two years and really, really loved my time there. And I think that was a really formative time in my career where, again, you know, after a while working in a kitchen, you get really comfortable. Um, and then to then transfer to a new new job, you're, you know, you're relearning everything all over again. And also with the way Fred's was working with open fire, wood fired oven, um, that was just another whole set of things to a a new challenge to tackle. And I really, really made some amazing friends and it was, it was just an amazing experience to work for such a different style of kitchen and such a special team where it was really everyone, everyone working towards the same goal and really had the same focus. And we were all championing, championing, um, Danielle's ideas of farm to table, fresh, simple, beautiful food, and just making it, making this produce the best that it could be. Mm, Wow. It sounds, yeah, really satisfying. And we've had Danielle Alvarez on the podcast um, before, and I just do love the way that she thinks about food and I guess about creating those experiences for diners it's yeah very very special touch yeah and also with staff she she really had a big focus on connecting us with the producers and connecting us with the suppliers that we are um all the produce that we were using every day so that was a really really a great experience for me to kind of get out of sydney and just see 
where this produce was coming from, you know, you get deliveries every day, but we never really know where it was actually from. And especially not being from Sydney, learning about the regions and learning about the areas that um, produce such gorgeous, gorgeous food that we're using every day. So that was a really, really awesome experience to learn as well. And did that start to... Well, I guess, you know, did that cement you in Australia a little bit more, do you think? I think so, yeah. Um, I I think by that point I had really caught my stride and really started feeling a lot more comfortable and finding, you know, the right area that I wanted to live in. And I've, like, landed in the eastern suburbs and I've always kind of – I've fallen into this little bubble with my friends from Fred's and met some really, really awesome people along the way that are now – it's really funny now seeing that everyone, we were all kind of growing up and on the same track um, and found each other at the perfect time. Now, now everyone's kind of progressing into this next chapter of their career all together, which is really awesome to see as well. Oh, that's so nice. You found your tribe. Well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I found my people and, you know, we're still, we're still good friends to this day, which is really, really special. And I think a really pinnacle point of my time in Sydney really I could really feel a change when I went to Fred's and I found I felt more comfortable and I felt like I was really owning like my place in the city so good to hear and so did you go from Fred's to Nomad um I went I left uh Fred's kind of just before COVID hit and so I ended up working at Toddy's um the Toddy's kind of group in Maryvale doing kind of getting more into senior management side of things and ended up helping Mike Eggert run takeaway uh, for Toddy's during COVID lockdown, which was a really funny, fun experience. Um, I think in all of our careers, takeaway was, <laughs> was an interesting time and a really challenging time. Um, and then I left Maryvale just after COVID when I heard that Nomad was reopening. Um, I heard a, got an interview through a friend of my partner and met Jackie for a coffee and I've been here ever since. So for people who don't know Nomad, just give us a little bit of, um, yeah, the, the 101, like what sort of restaurant is it? Yeah, so Nomad is, um, again, really focused around wood fire, uh, open fire, lots of smoking, grilling with a bit of a mid, like Middle Eastern Mediterranean influence to the food as well. Um, Nomad, Nomad food is all about sharing and I think really just getting everyone around a table and just enjoying good food together. The menu is just really, really approachable, but also like a bit refined, really great restaurant for you know, a special event where you can kind of get everyone together that hasn't seen each other for a while and have a really special time together. Mm, yeah, love it. Um, and yeah, Jackie Chalinor, who's the exec chef there, um, has been on my brother podcast, Deep in the Weeds, and that's a, I think she's been on a couple of times. They're both really amazing chats. Um, so definitely recommend everyone seek those out. But I mean, it's really interesting, Abby, you know, you've worked with, with Danielle at, at Fred's and now with Jackie at Nomad, you know, really um, strong female leaders. Can you talk about, you know, your impressions of, you know, women in hospitality? Where do you think things are at I mean it, the the industry has changed so much since I've been in Sydney um in the last seven years I remember looking like I'm thinking back to when I first started in Sydney at Cafe Sydney and you know there was females in the kitchen but it wasn't there was only a few of us and then now I'm I'm sitting on the kitchen bench looking at my kitchen 
and it's 50 50 um men and women in the kitchen and i think that is just a win that is an absolute win in my eyes i'm just so proud of all of all of my chefs in the kitchen but then also you know being a female chef and a female leader now i really am focused on creating those equal opportunities for everyone in my kitchen you know it's not based on on gender it's about i think in kitchens it's a really special opportunity where it can just be about the food and your skill and what's being put on the plate and you know that's the stuff that matters at the end of the day it doesn't matter female male whatever it's it's just about the skill and your you know your commitment to the job is what really shines at the end of the day um which is awesome yeah i mean is there any i mean people talk about positive discrimination like you know creating opportunities and pathways that that perhaps um i suppose uh, shine, a, shine a light for people who perhaps didn't think that, you know, that pathway was open to them. I mean, are there any, I don't know, is there anything that you can do or that you've seen other people do that make, make I don't know, the path seem more open to women? Yeah, I think, I think just allowing people and giving, like, females in the kitchen opportunities to, you know, voice, voicing their opinions and making it a space where it, there's open communication. And because I think sometimes females aren't always the first per- people to speak up. We're not the loud, boisterous ones all the time. And it's, you know, allowing for everyone's voice to be heard. Um, and just, you know, having a different approach to, to management. And it really op- has opened up my eyes to, you know, how people need to be managed and how, you can kind of see sometimes people, there's people that step forward and people that kind of like let other people take the lead and just, you know, giving everyone the opportunity to find their strength and find their, their little niche that they're really going to thrive in. And it's not always so cut and drive. Oh yeah. Like working on the grill is the pinnacle of the kitchen or, you know, there's other ways to, give people success in the kitchen and it's not always having to be the big dog that's the big leader it's you know you know I can go to giving opportunity giving people opportunities to show their strengths in different ways is something that I really like to focus on yeah I love that that's um yeah, that's really, really powerful and I imagine would make a real difference to people. I mean, you, you know, I've read so many studies where it's, um, you know, men will routinely apply for jobs that they are perhaps underqualified for and women who are much more qualified will, will think that, oh, no, they're not ready for that yet. They couldn't possibly. Um, so I, I guess, yeah, um, yeah, opening up different ways of looking at things is, is a really, really powerful way to create change. Yeah, yeah. And then, I mean, also sometimes people just need a push. <laughs> I think I do that. I think I like to do that to everyone in the kitchen, just, you know, presenting them with the challenge and, and you know, maybe it's not the biggest challenge, but if they accomplish little goals. And um, I think it's a really big confidence booster to people when they when they get acknowledged for for those little wins along the way um, builds up everyone's confidence, no matter no matter who they are. Mm. And your partner is is a chef. Um, I mean, do you think that the way you've gone tackled your career and the steps that you've made has 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 sort of changed the way that he thinks about I don't know kitchen culture or structure? 
I think I, I really think they have, um, which is really exciting to me. And I'm so proud of him, of how he leads his kitchen as well. Um, because I think he's realized that, you know, like what you were saying before, the females aren't always the first ones to put their hands up. And I, so I think he has made a priority of, you know, recognizing everyone and just um, giving everyone equal opportunities to progress in the kitchen. And and like what we said before, it's it's not about who speaks the loudest and who but it's about that work at the end of the day that makes a difference and being recognized for the work that you're doing. Um, and I think he's, you know, he's trying to make the changes in his kitchen that we all are. And it's really, really great to see that. And it's, and, and also like, you know, there's situations we talk about at home and he'll tell me about his day. And I was like, well, you know, you probably could have done that differently or you need to look at about it at it from a female's perspective. And he's like, Oh, I would have never thought about it that way. And so just kind of bringing those different points of view, um, to the front of his mind as well. And just, just trying to, you know, change the conversation a little bit or change his thinking or change, you know, just giving a different perspective, I think is makes the biggest difference. Mm, that's so powerful. Like you really, yeah, you, you can just totally see how you're part of the change. I love yeah, it. Yeah. I, I mean, I hope it's, you know, it's just little, little bits along the way that make, make the big difference, I think. And just, I can, it's really exciting to see how much it, it has changed and like it, it is, it all pays off, <laughs> you know, all the hard work and all the, all of the, the challenges that we've faced along the way. It, it really, I mean, I feel really rewarded have worked, having worked in, in Sydney and with so many female chefs and so many just other great male chefs. I've, they have really helped me shape my career. And I think the biggest takeaway is just if you can learn something from everyone that you interact with, that's the biggest, the biggest win as well. Mm, so cool. So Abby, I mean, how do you see the future panning out? You know, what sort of ambitions and um, hopes and dreams do you have? Oh, wow. You know, I think every chef wants to own something of their own. I mean, I've always, ever since I was a little kid, I've always loved kind of casual dining and I would love to open, you know, something, a little cafe or a little something of my own, which would be awesome. Um, but I don't know, you know, I'm just trying to tackle this new challenge right now of being a head chef and being a female leader and what that means to me right now, um, is just being as present as I can for my staff and just trying to, you know, champion Jackie's, all of Jackie's, um, amazing work that she's done and just carry like keep the ball going forward for her and just growing nomad as the company grows um growing with nomad and hopefully you know helping them tackle the next chapter of the this big expansion that we've got going on yeah so exciting so i mean fill people in on what's happening with with the nomad group yes we've got um new venue opening so we've got Nomad Melbourne, which is amazing. Everyone should definitely go check that out. They are opening another um, precinct down in Melbourne as well. And then we have Bo opening in Sydney, um, just around the corner from Nomad Sydney, which is going to be amazing as well, which is going to, it's opening hopefully in the next few months, new wine bar. So much going on. So um, Abby, t- tell us about the, f- the food that you're loving at the moment. Like what's coming into the kitchen? What are you doing with it? 
Um, what are we doing? We're really loving, I think just really, I think a little bit more of like a rustic style um, is kind of, kind of like the new dishes that we're working on. Lots of um, lots of seafood based uh, dishes going on, and kind of a little bit more Mediterranean based um, is the direction I think we're trying to move into. Um, but still working around that wood fire and just trying to get that into every single dish that we put on the menu. Something through, that comes from the grill, from that, from the wood oven. I mean, it's just such a beautiful piece of equipment that we get to use every day. And so I just want to make sure that we're making the most out of that um, and just learning new ways to incorporate that into all of our dishes. Mm. Is there an ingredient that you just c- c- cannot get enough of at the moment? I think right now celeriac is kind Ooh. of our, yeah, that's something that we we're working on a few dishes right now with that. And it's just such a versatile vegetable that really never ceases to amaze me. So that's kind of something that we're, we're working with right now, trying to, you know, it's great for vegetarians. It's something meaty and, you know, I can feed it to a, a carnivore and they, you know, if you do work with it properly, sometimes people don't know that it's not, not, not me or, you know, it satisfies in the same way as like a beautiful, beautiful cut of meat would. Yeah. And isn't that one of those ingredients? It, don't you, in America, you call it celery root? Celery root. Yeah, exactly. So it's, <laughs> oh my gosh, there's just been so many, so many different vegetables <laughs> items that I'm just like, oh God, like, what do you guys call it here again? Or <laughs> cling film, plastic wrap. It's like, you know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about? Just just get it for me, please. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, Abby, I've loved our chat. Is there anything else that you'd like to say? Oh, no, I think we covered, I think we've covered it all. Oh my gosh. It's been really, really awesome chatting with you as well. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that you're um, anchored in Sydney because, um, yeah, you're obviously bringing so much to the restaurant world there. Um, thank you so much for having a chat to me today on Dirty Linen. I know this conversation will mean a lot to a lot of people. Yeah, thank you so much. It means a lot to me and it's a really big milestone in my career, which is really, really exciting. And thank you so much for having me. (laughs) I love it. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This.